people think they need to just be entrepreneur Superman and that's not how it works. And when it comes down to it, most people aren't capable of that. I mean, some people have that capability, but most people don't. Have you ever wondered, how do you grow a conscious e-commerce brand online while also making a profit? Yeah, me too. After watching my family members suffer through cancer and heart disease using products by companies that care more about profits than their customers, there must be a better way, right? That's when I discovered an emerging wave of successful, purpose-driven businesses, and I knew I needed to be a part of it. So join me as we dive into the stories behind the most inspiring brands in the world and discover the secrets on how they successfully win over the vote of their customers' wallets and grow their business online. My name is Vincent Tanyono and welcome to the Conscious E-Commerce Leaders Podcast. I'm joined here again with Trey Carmichael. If you didn't catch the previous episode, Trey plays outsource COO to impact-driven entrepreneurs. He's a partner in an international marketing agency, co-founder of Virtually Limitless and Attached Companies. Trey is an expert when it comes to business systems, and recently his systems have helped two clients to collect $3,000 in 90 days or less. And the best part here is that that revenue is recurring. And Trey has also helped many others to achieve six to seven figures. And the important part here is that it doesn't suck all of your time. So who wouldn't want that, right? So glad to have you back here, Trey. Welcome to the show. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me, Vincent. I love coming on here and talking with you. Before we get into like what you are doing today with helping businesses to with the systems, I'm always curious, like how did you get into this and why uh, you get into this space? Man, my story kind of tends to surprise a lot of people. So uh, about about four years ago now, I was addicted to drugs. I was depressed. I was dealing drugs. I was suicidal. And I didn't think I was going to, I didn't think I was going to see 21. Like I didn't know if I was going to see tomorrow nonetheless. And one of my good friends, Kyler Gifford, who I had gone to school with, he was 22 years old at the time. He was a real estate at McNabb and Co. in San Marcos, a real estate agent at McNabb and Co. in San Marcos, Texas. And he reached out to me. He needed, he needed a little bit of assistance with his real estate business, he was a little bit overwhelmed doing all of the open houses every Sunday, managing all of his social media, thinking about needing to build a website. So I was honest with him about where I was at. And so he started mentoring me on like the law of attraction. He introduced me to Napoleon Hill, Bob Proctor, all those people. And he gave me the opportunity to work in his business as well. I built him a website. I established his social media presence, which he had it going really well, but we just amplified it more. We started syndicating it out and just amplifying his message more so that he could reach more people. And after we got his website up, within about 90 days or so, I had secured him the first page of Google for San Marcos Realtors, San Marcos Real Estate, and San Marcos Real Estate Agent. And his phone was ringing consistently. Shortly after that, he became the top producer in his brokerage, and he was able to step back from his business, actually, when he had his kid. And through all that, I was like, oh, crap, I can really affect people's lives by setting up their business in a way that doesn't just suck their time all the time, making sure that their message is amplified 
but doing it in the right way so that they build long-term real estate online that it can give them the freedom to really spend the time with their family, go impact more people, whatever that looks like to them, it gives them that freedom. So through all that, I got sober. I found more mentors. I got clear on my I am statement, which if you heard the first episode, I'm a crazy passionate life changer that gives anyone and everyone the space they need to grow. That's my I am statement that became my anchor statement. And then I got clear on my two value on my two core values. And my most important two core values are expanding our ripple by building your legacy. And that's what I've built everything out of since then. So that's was really my introduction into the business world. And since then, I've had the privilege of working with hundreds and between partners, probably thousands of clients at this point, helping them just reach that next level in their lives. And without it sucking their time and being the drag that it really can be if you don't know how to establish that, the, the, the systems in your business, because there's a lot of hats to wear, like no matter what kind of business you're running, man, there's a lot of hats to wear. Yeah. So what was the big light bulb moment that you have that like all of these businesses, they actually, I can actually help them with the, the systems? The light bulb was through working with people with their marketing. I would get them results. And then I would find out that they wouldn't be able to actually handle the results that I got them. And that came down to the foundations. And as I started to scale, I ran into the same thing. I had to step back. I had to document how I dug myself out of that hole. So seeing it in my clients and then experiencing it myself, I was like, okay, I don't really see people teaching the foundations. Somebody's got to teach these people how to build an actual system because the failure rate of entrepreneurs is freaking insane, honestly, man. And it makes me a little sad when I think about it. So someone needs to teach these people how to build an actual system, how to build a team, how to build the automation so that on those days that maybe they don't feel good. Cause something I, something I didn't mention is I was diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia. I run out of like mental juice a lot sooner than other people. Some days I just need to take a break. Like I'm not going to deliver the same, the same quality of work if I work those days. I had to have the team in place. I had to have those systems in place. And that made my business stronger. That made everything thrive. And ultimately, my clients got better results. And that's really why I got into it. Because nobody's, nobody's talking about the foundations. Nobody's talking about the fact that you need a break as an entrepreneur sometimes. And people think they need to just be entrepreneur Superman. And that's not how it works. And when it comes down to it, most people aren't capable of that. I mean, some people have that capability, but most people don't. I totally agree. Like people, they are like working in the business and not on the business, right? Like that, what they say. And many people actually, they, they just can't think in systems. So is it like something like in your personality that, that makes it like very easy for you to see like how the system is going to work out? So... I'm very good at recognizing what works, following the pattern, and then finding the frameworks that are within those patterns. And something that I figured out very quickly is almost every business is, has the same 
foundational pillars. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And the framework that I came up with is the seven pillars of business. That's marketing, sales, fulfillment, retention, finance, human resources and company culture, and legal. It doesn't matter what business you have. They all have those seven pillars. And that was the pattern that I noticed. And then I started realizing, hey, there's very similar systems under each and every one of these pillars, no matter what business you run. The only thing, like the main thing that really changes is the message and how the fulfillment happens. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely a big aha moment for me, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. So when you are helping this business set up uh, systems, do you have like a case or a story where like a system that you try to help them with, they just didn't work? <laughs> That's everybody that comes to me. And frankly, typically the problem is people don't have a documentation. They don't, they don't have documentation for what the steps are. They don't have an actual flow. Like, I mean, it's the two things that people really forget about when they're starting a business is the fa- is very foundational, but it's the standard operating procedures. Like that's the first thing that people forget. If you have standard operating procedures for everything, you always know what the next step is. You're always more confident in it and it's always going to happen quicker and more efficiently. And short term, it's going to make your life easier. It's going to make you more confident your clients and prospects are going to be more confident in you. They're going to be more likely to buy your stuff. Long-term, when you're bringing on people, you're going to be able to lump those SOPs in the roles and hand those and hand those off to your people. And they're going to be a lot easier to train than if you had to go back and actually figure out how to train them without documentation of how to do the thing. And the other thing that people forget about is to document their customer journey, map it out, and then automate the parts that they can. None of us are superheroes. Things are going to slip through the cracks if we try to do it all manually. You can't follow up with every single person. You can't send an email to every single person that opts into your funnel. Like it, it's it's impossible. Like you, you can't keep that engaged that way. So that's really the two things that people forget about is their sta- is their standard operating procedures. And then building an actual automated experience into their customer journey and then planning that out through the different steps. I love it when you say about the SOP and all of this, because it reminds me you know, of the game that we play in, back in school. Like when you say a couple sentences and then the one person and then the one person passes it on to the next and then to the next, to the next. And by the time it comes to like the eighth or the tenth person, that line totally becomes totally hilarious <laughs> so like we can't just <laughs> yeah so that's why we need like an SOP and how you do things so that you just do it I think the good part here you, you're also saying like you just do the SOP once and then everybody that comes after that they can just basically uh, follow it right 100% and one thing that I do want to remind everybody though like while we're discussing this is a standard operating procedure is a living breathing document that once you create it it's going to be adapted as you evolve. Like your business probably isn't going to stay the same in this day and age. If your business stays the same for long, you're going to get left behind. 
So your standard operating procedures are going to have to grow with you. And as you bring people into the different roles, you're going to want them to take ownership of the SOPs and, you know, add videos, change them as they get changed. If they find a more efficient way, let you know, change the documentation, just it's an ongoing growth process that if you start it as a new entrepreneur, you're going to thank yourself later. And everybody thinks that it's a nightmare to get the SOPs documented. That's so many documents I need to make. That's mm -hmm. there's so many tasks in my business. And let's be honest, there are like, there, there's a lot of things you're going to have to document for most businesses. That's the reality of it. But do you know how you eat an element, an elephant, my man? Uh, one bite at a one time. One bite at a time. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I love it. So, if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed about getting your standard operating procedures documented, what I want you to do is go pull up a Trello board, pull up a Google Drive, get out a piece of paper, whatever feels best for you. Do it on a whiteboard, just whatever feels best for you. But make a list: marketing, sales, fulfillment, retention, finance human resources, company culture, and legal. Mm -hmm. What tasks need to be completed in your business under each and every single one of those pillars? List it all out and chunk it down one at a time until you're done. You will thank yourself later. And there's a couple different ways to get those SOPs done as well as you can do it. Like you can do the, you can actually do the task. And while you're doing the task, you can document it step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. That's a little bit more tedious, but when it comes down to it, that's how most people are going to get it done. It really just depends on what's going to work for you. The second way is you can use something like otter.io or any other transcription service like that. And while you're doing the task, audibly dictate Step one, I'm doing this. Step two, I'm doing this. Step three, I'm doing this. Step four, I'm doing this. Have that transcribed, edit it, make it pretty. And then your third option is if you already have a team, have them make the documentation for it. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to, if you already have a team, have them do it right now. Or as you try to grow your team in the future, the communication is going to go haywire. Things are going to slip through the cracks. And it's going to get hard. If you take care of it now, you can come back and thank me later. Yeah, you were mentioning there were just now there were seven pillars. When people are just starting out putting out the system, do you recommend that they do like all of them at once or focus on one pillar at a time? Or how will you do it? So ultimately, as a new business owner, the first four pillars are the most important and they're the ones that you're going to be focused on most of the time. And that's your marketing, sales, fulfillment, and retention. How do you get in front of people and get eyeballs on you? How do you convert those eyeballs into sales? How do you fulfill those sales? And then how do you get those people to buy more stuff and, and bring up the lifetime customer value? Those are the four things that you're going to be focused on at first as the business owner. But you do need to take into consideration the last three pillars from day one 
Because if you're not thinking about your finances, you're not thinking about your numbers, next thing you know, you're running a service or you're selling a product that doesn't actually have a profit margin because you weren't paying attention to it. Your ads aren't lining up because you weren't paying attention to the numbers. You're spending more than you needed to. Like you're like, you got to know your numbers, especially as a new entrepreneur that's trying to bootstrap it. And then you need to take your human resources into consideration from day one, even if you're the only person in human resources. Having those SOPs is going to make you more confident and it's going to take you a lot less time and headache to get it done while you're less busy in a smaller business than when you get big and when you need to grow your team out. I promise. I know it's hard to take a step back and do that, but you got to do it. And also you got to make sure that you have good contracts if you're doing contractual based stuff. And ultimately as an e-commerce business, you have to make sure that your entity's tight. You have to make sure you have your LLC. You have to make sure that you have business insurance and just things happen whenever, if, especially if you're doing drop shipping or something like that, you're relying on someone else for fulfillment. Things happen. You might get sued. That's the reality of it. So there's, as a new business owner, the first four pillars are the most relevant. As you grow, the the last three become more relevant, but you always got to be thinking about all seven. And a business owner that's thinking about all seven is well-rounded. They're going to build a real foundation and they're going to build a business that's actually going to stand the test of time. And ultimately, things like 2020, the people that have real foundations are the ones that we saw be able to stand up to that. The people that didn't have their seven pillars taken that, taken care of are the ones that were getting taken down left and right. So I'm just curious about one thing. Like when, when you see like something is not working, is it like because will you go back and tweak the SOP or is it like the, the person is, is, is something wrong with the person that is doing it? Like where, where do you draw the line? That's a very good question and are you talking about like you use it like like an individual using the sop or when you're bringing on the teams okay when when you're bringing on like a a new hire you're growing your team and then you've already built out this sop they were trying to follow it but uh, like it doesn't work out the way that you wanted it like would you like look back into like the system is not working or you just think like that guy is not is something wrong with uh with that person So it all comes down to your hiring and interviewing process. Like what a lot of people like to do is they think that they can create some SOPs, they can hand them to a VA and they can never talk to them. Mm -hmm. That's not really how it works. What, and one of the big things that I do want to state, I do want to state right now, when it comes to virtual assistants, I've learned a lot of what I know from nation from Nathan Hirsch and the, and the guys over at Outsource School, I do want to give them a big shout out. If you want to learn specifically about how to build a VA team, go talk to Nathan Hirsch and the, and the guys over at Outsource School. And just they're the ones to talk to about that. But ultimately, it comes down to the interview process. How are you finding these people? What is like? What questions are you asking them when you're running them through the interview? Are you having them demonstrate their ability to do the task before you hire them? And then once you hire them, are you spending some office hours working with that virtual assistant, making sure that they're actually a fit for that role? And 
it comes down to the due diligence up front as the business owner to, first of all, get that system tight, optimize it, get the SOP good, and then also spend the time hiring and invest the time into that person because ultimately your people are the foundation of your business. And we talk about retention. One thing that people don't really one, one thing that people don't really think about is retention applies to everything. It applies to your customer to your customers, it applies to your employees, it applies to the people that your manufacturers are, it applies to the warehouses that you're storing your products in, it applies to everything. You have to be able to retain all of these different relationships in your business including the employees and it comes down to the due, due diligence up front and that's the beauty of doing the systems and putting the time into it up front which mo most people don't really want to do that but make the investment now make the investment when you bring on that hire make sure they're the right fit and something that some people may not be a fan of but i'm kind of a fan of is bring on two to three at the same time Make it click, make it obvious in the interview that hey, we're gonna pick the pick the ones that seem like the best fit for this. We're gonna give you a trial period, one to two. We're gonna give you a one to two week trial period, and pose it as a and you can even pose it as a competition and say that's how it's gonna work. Whoever performs the best is gonna get is gonna get the position and maintain the position. A lot of the times when you do that, you'll end up keeping all of them, but just it all comes down to the hiring process and, and what, and the amount of due diligence that the business owner is willing to put in up front. And that, that applies to almost any question that you could ask me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So I think that's like, um, why it's so important the seven pillars that you're mentioning, because you also need a system for the hiring process, right? And you can solve all that, uh, the other issues as well. So that's why the seven pillars are so important. So, uh, Trey, one final thing before we wrap this up is uh, where do you see like your, your business and in the next like few years? Within a few years, we're going to own Entrepreneur Media. Uh, the biggest, the big thing that we're focused on right now is Limitless Press. And what we're doing with that is it's a, it's a publication that's basically built for impact-driven entrepreneurs and content creators by impact-driven entrepreneurs and content creators. And the focus of the platform is just to help people get from point A to point B. We've got, we've got everything from how to plan your business, how to get, how to get approved for funding, like all the way to how to start meditating, how to start practicing sleep hypnosis, like articles about anxiety and ultimately it's just about helping people get from point a to point b in whatever that is and we're teaming up with every impact driven entrepreneur that's on the same mission as us to build a massive shared audience and one of the things that we're going to be doing as well is a big podcast network where we're going to be able to go back and forth, guest on each other's shows, riff content off each other, build out content syndications and ultimately within a few years, that's, I guess, our, I guess that's my boulder at the industry is we're going to own entrepreneur media. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome goal. And I think our, many of our listeners here, they're also impact driven entrepreneurs should definitely get on your, get on your network. Right. So 
trade, how can people find you and how can they find like the this network that you're, you're talking about? Absolutely, man. If you want to get involved with Limitless Press, if you want to get some earned media for yourself, if you want to build up some digital real estate, head over to www.limitlesspress.us. Sign up to be a contributor. We prefer articles that are a thousand words or more. Just make sure it's valuable. It's not. It doesn't need to be a pitch fest. We don't mind you having links to your stuff. Like, just don't overdo it. Like, we encourage call to actions, all that stuff, but make it about bringing value to our audience first. Make it about helping people get from point A, a to point B because that's what Virtually Limitless is here for because we are all virtually limitless. We, we live in a world where we can literally go tweet at the president if, if, you, want, if you wanted to. So it's, we're all literally virtually limitless. Yeah, I lo- love that name. So that's one of the best ways to get involved with us, to join the network. If we really like the content that you're contributing, we're going to invite you on the Virtually Limitless podcast. And we've interviewed most of the top-ranked show hosts. We've had some incredible people like John Maylott and folks like that. And if you want to get more involved with me, if you need help with your systems, if you, if you need assistance there, check out www.treycarmichael.us. And we're here to serve, man. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely put all those links uh, in the show notes so that it's easy for all uh, all of you. And so I guess that's a wrap. It was a pleasure, Trey. Thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me.